Welcome back, Plugs and Thugs, episode 82. Let's get it! Let's get it! We're, we're approaching the century mark. We'll hit we that are. pretty quick. Va- fast, uh, quick, very fast, very fast. I forgot English right, for a so minute. Before we do an intro, we'll do we'll go back to the original. Me, Scott, Alex, Zach. Yes. Uh huh. All right. All of us. As always, uh, you got Daniel, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted all the yeah, Perfect. This is Alex. Hi, I'm Zach. Wonderful. All right. Well, welcome. Wait, way to go. I, shout out to Scott who made it five seconds into the show before ruining it. And he didn't even. What I'm here it. for. Got one. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we're here. We are uh, a day away from NHL hockey, mm-hmm. uh, and we're uh, we're here for our bold predictions, our breakouts. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. I know. Uh, just before we really get into it, Zach's got to dip out a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, oh no! On kid duty, uh, is going to pull an Alex from last week. He's gonna mm-hmm. give us his uh, all of his stuff in uh, in kind of one shot, and then uh, go take care of the daughter. Yep, that I'm gonna but, do. Nice. But uh, let's do the intro. Give us the follows, all the social medias. We got the YouTube oh. subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, we're hoping to really kick off some uh, some marketing. Some. Um, I mean, just trying to get a bigger following. I know Alex and I kind of talked about some uh, growing the uh, the listenership. And uh, I know all four of us will be growing that in the next couple of weeks, next mm-hmm. month. And, uh, we're hoping to see more than our normal viewers asking questions. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, aside from, uh, like I said, I already gave kind of the kickoff of what we're going to cover. We got some notes that we'll cover after we do uh, breakouts and, and bold predictions. Um, like I said, cause Zach's got to go a little bit earlier, um, but uh, it's going to be fun. NHL starting up tomorrow and uh, we're all excited. 116 straight days of hockey. Starting yeah. As long as, as long as COVID doesn't yeah. rear its ugly head, we should Which, get on We'll talk about it. Yeah, we want to hold on before uh, I didn't even ask uh, Zach. Is that something that you're able to stick around for before we? Uh... You want to talk about that first little effect of COVID on the season, and then yeah, yeah, I can do that and then get my predictions. Okay, cool. All right, so we have a, a topic that we kind of wanted to hit on um, because obviously within the last week we've had some <laughs> COVID stuff come out with NHL, which is kind of surprised because obviously with the bubble and everybody testing negative for multiple months in a row. Um, it's kind of been impacted, but I, I, I kind of wanted to just discuss that whole topic as, as a whole, um, how COVID's going to affect the season. Um, obviously, we had a, a COVID outbreak with Dallas. Uh, originally, we had six players and two coaches test positive. Today, it's now up to 17 just with Dallas. Uh, 27 oh total players confirmed um across nine different teams so none on the none on the kings right no i don't think so i mean the thing is so uh, playoff bound before we start getting into our kind of uh, thoughts on that cup uh, champs by default 
for yeah. the preseason, <laughs> for the preseason, they were releasing. Uh, they didn't have to release, obviously, with HIPAA. Anyways, they don't have to release any names. But once the season starts, due to obviously COVID being a, a worldwide pandemic, um, I, I think they're going to be releasing names beginning regular season who oh. tested positive because okay. uh, just of safety issues. Right. Yeah. Um, but as of now, we don't know who the actual players, coaches are of those 27. Which, I mean, essentially the NFL did too, like with their COVID slash illness list. It was pretty much like you knew immediately that that meant they were they have COVID. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I would, oh, I'm sorry. Go for sorry, it. I was going to say, I would like to add, there was one more um, unfortunate uh, casualty with the coronavirus, and that would be to Evander Kane's bank account. <laughs> if if you thought if you thought we were gonna come on the show tonight and I wasn't gonna take every opportunity to rip Evander Kane, you were sorely mistaken. Wow. So here here's yeah. my thoughts on on COVID, right? So like mm-hmm. these guys are coming into camp. A lot of them are coming into camp without any sort of, you know, they were just chilling before this, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they were just they were just chilling. And we've been in camp for what a week, two weeks yeah. at most. Yeah. So, I mean, of course this is going to happen right now. Now, once the season begins and these guys literally all they're doing is just playing hockey and being in the same hotel rooms with the same guys, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see this number go drastically down. Oh, just for because sure. Of how, so just because of how strict the NHL is about it. I mean, the NFL and NBA, I, I can't really speak too much about them just because I don't really – you know, pay too much attention to them, but I, I, I could just imagine that it's harder to wrangle up a football team than it is a hockey team. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, yes, because you yeah. have double the amount of players on a football team, but at the same time, I, I, that's the thing I wanted to touch on with other sports. It's like the <laughs> same thing. We go all the way back to the start of baseball after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the Tampa Bay Rays get ravaged with 19 players. Um, in the very first week, like right before baseball season kicked off. And I mean, we thought it was like baseball season was doomed. And it it was just kind of that transition period. People were coming back. It it was something new. And it's the same thing. Like with the NHL, they were in a bubble. It was a little bit different. It was a much different experience. I think exactly what you said, Zach, it's more that they're coming from, you know, some of them are going to be uh, coming from um, home states. For example, like the Dallas Stars, they're in they're in Texas. Texas is not uh, having all these clampdowns that a lot of the other states are, like California. Nope. And, no, and New York. no, clamp, no clamps for the Dallas defense. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um. <laughs> I mean, you also have Dallas even saying that they're gonna they're gonna allow limited capacity of people in mm-hmm. to watch the games and stuff like that like, in an indoor arena. <laughs> they just don't give yeah. a shit about their constituents on there. But then on the, fl- on the flip side of that, people say you just don't care about freedom. You freedom, oh, freedom. Yeah. But you know, it's it's funny because you know you you take a moist environment like an enclosed hockey arena, and it, it's a breeding ground for diseases like COVID. Cold, moist. Uh, Cold and yeah. yeah. Yep, they're yeah. fucked. I mean, but I mean, oh, someone's tired. So. Oh, tired. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, all of the sports really experienced. I mean, even football. I know they had a little bit more uh, throughout the season. There were uh, constant 
times where people had to be out, but most of the time it was actually false positives. But they were being this weekend. A coach had a coach from his basement. I vaguely remember Uh, hearing. Hey, hey, let's not. You brought it up. Let's not talk about that game. Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, didn't the coach have to coach from his basement? Yes, Yes. and you know what? At the end of the day, his team won, and I'm still mad about it. All right. (laughs) Well, Uh, thank you, Scott, for coming on another day. Yes, but I mean, it's true. It's like a lot of the sports. I mean, I want to use baseball as the biggest example because we really thought baseball season was completely fucked once there were 19 players on one team and then there was another team that had like six players and I was like, oh God, this is going to end very quickly. And then as soon as Florida let his teams play like with COVID, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I thought that show was done. And then we we got two, three weeks in and it was like, it was very minimal throughout the season. Like you said, you're going to have players just going, especially the NHL is really cracking down on it. They're usually pretty good about things like that. And they're going to, you know, these players are going to be all together. I mean, the Dallas stars, for example, like you had 17 players, but probably the reason there were 17 players with it is because one of them or two of them came and they actually had it. And now they're all hanging out and now it's spread throughout the team, but they're all together and that's the reason you have this big outbreak. They're not going to well, be spreading immune. It. Yeah. <laughs> they're immune for three months. Yep. Um, but Golden. I, I think people are, you know, kind of forgetting that we had that situation with the MLB. And I, I think we're going to be in a much better spot once we get through the first couple weeks of the season. You're not going to see this widespread um, COVID issue. It's yeah. going to be much more minimal. You might have a couple of players here and there miss because they're idiots, but I don't think you're going to see 17 players per team <laughs> going around and we're going to be canceling games. I, I don't see that as as, the, yeah. as what's going to happen. So, I agree. No, I, yeah, okay. I think we're all on board with that. Oh, yeah. for sure. Um, but before we get into the notes, I uh, want to make sure – I know Scott or uh, Zach has – uh, like I said, he's going to dip in early, so I won't give him the chance to kind of go through his breakout candidates and his bold predictions. I think we're going to give him the you know the floor for a little bit, and then we'll get into ours when Zach's done. Okay, Sounds so good. my first breakout candidate is going to be uh, Adrian Kempe. And the reason why I say this, um, mm-hmm. last season 11 goals, 21 assists, kind of flopped around on different lines. I think this season and a shortened season, he's going to at least score 15 goals. Um, he's getting line consistency. He's going to have a, a dedicated disher to get him the puck. Um, I believe after this season or next, Alex are, is going to be getting those big puffy nipples pierced. Um, no, so, that's, so. <laughs> so that's my number one uh, breakout candidate. My number two breakout candidate is going to be Jack Hughes. Um, he's kind of not lived up to the potential that he had coming into camp, or I mean into the into the league. Um, I do yeah. kind of feel that New Jersey might have rushed him a bit. Um, last season, he had seven goals, 14 assists, which isn't going to cut it for a kid of that pedigree. Um, I think this upcoming season – He's gonna have he's gonna have put on a little bit more weight, um, a little bit more, um, a little bit more experience in the league. Um, so I'm I'm gonna assume that he's gonna at least put up ten goals, ten goals, twenty assists, thirty assists, okay. somewhere around there. Um, third breakout candidate, Capo Caco of the New York Rangers. Hey, I like it. Okay, yeah. Reason like why it. reason why I say this, 
Kid is going to be playing top line minutes with um, Artemi Panarin and um, Mika Zabinajet. Zabinajet. Uh, yeah, Lafreniere is going to be put more into like a depth role, second and third line. Kapokaka is going to get that that top line, um, top line minutes. Um, last season, uh, ten goals, thirteen assists. I think in this shortened season, I, I expect him to put up fifteen to twenty goals with with those. Um, with those uh, with those line mates, uh, does Zegers and Dreisler crack the lineup this year? I'm sure they they might crack the lineup sometime this year, but they're already assigned to the goals. They're they're officially with the goals already. Yeah. Um, any rebuttals? Any rebuttals? Hi, on, uh, are, uh, I mean, you you already know what I'm going to say about Kempe, so I'm not going to bother. But the rest of those are all great, honestly, man. Like I can't. The the those are all fantastic uh, picks. Yeah, I, I actually I like it. Yeah. Did, we, did we talk about it in a party the other day about Kaku? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yes, yeah. we did. So definitely think he's <laughs> going to have a definitely think he's going to have a breakout year. And I and honestly, I mean, I know Kempe has been around for. See, like I was, I was tossing it up between. Actually, you know what? I'm going to rescind my Adrian Kempe. I am. Oh, hey. I'm going to rescind my Adrian Kempe because there's a lot better of a breakout candidate on the Kings. And you know what his there. name is? You know what his name is? It's Quentin. Gabriel fucking oh. Velarde. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gabe Velarde. Yeah. Homeboy, homeboy came into camp 15 pounds heavier, 15 mm-hmm. pounds of pure Shirt muscle. muscle. Yeah. Todd I'm, McClellan has already said that he looks like a different – Hello. Fucking he looks Dave. like – he looks like uh he looks like a – um. He, uh, Tom McClellan already said that he looks like a, a, a different skater out there, not in a bad way, that he's just out there lighting it up, bro. Yeah, and um, Dustin Brown has made comments about that as well. That was actually – I'm just going to jump on it now because that was actually my top breakout candidate. I, I agree with you. I think Vuarty's going to have a bang-up season, but I'm uh, I'm curious what you think he's going to do in terms of point production, so I'll let you – So last season, last season in the limited amount of games, <laughs> if you were to scale that up to a full regular uh, 82 season, uh, 82 game season, he would have had 70 points. Don't know exactly how many goals, how many assists, but it's scaled up to 70 points in 82 games. So that being said, um, I believe that he's going to at least put up 15 goals, 25 assists this upcoming season. He's going to have Martin Furk on one week as long as, as Furk is healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Furk, if he can get the puck to Furk, Furk's going to blast it. Um, and you also have Adrian Kempe. Adrian Kempe is a speedster. So I would definitely look for Gabe Velarde hitting uh, you know, Adrian Kempe on just breakout passes or just streaking through the zone and stuff. I like it. I like I it. Think, I think those three together is going to be a very, very, very good line. Um just because you have a, a speedster with hands, might not have the greatest to finish, but he can finish. And then you have a, a center with great hands, maybe not the, the best speed, has a great shot. And then you have a sniper on the other wing, just as I love a, it. a monster with a monster shot. I love it. I love it. Um, with that kind of product, and you're hoping, does Velarde crack first line? Hopefully I didn't butcher his last name. I don't think he cracks first line. Um, there's there's he's gonna be it's gonna yep it's he's already gonna be second second seed this upcoming season Mm -hmm. but here's the thing right um nobody is taking that number one c spot from Anze kopitar until he falls off a cliff there's absolutely no way that anybody's going to the guy still puts up points plays against the toughest competition and plays them extremely well they're honestly like when people when i remember when people are complaining about signing 
signing uh, Anze Kopitar to that contract, right? And I, I understand the criticism. You paid him a lot of money. He was already close to 30 or, you know, at the downfall of his career. But honestly, man, like, all Kopitar has proven to me since being signed to that contract is he's like wine, bro. He gets better with age. Yep. yep. So I now so now you have a, a young stud and Gabriel Velarde underneath him. Ah. Now, I wish – I wish that they would get him a better winger than Martin Frick, just because Martin Frick, just because he shoots hard doesn't mean he buries the puck. So, you know, I wish there was like an Arthur Kaliev or somebody on his wing that, you know, can legit bury the puck almost every single time. But mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll take what I can get right now. Cause I, I just think Gabe Velarde is just going to have a monster season. He's going to establish, think so I think he's going to establish himself as, as a true NHLer like this. This kid is meant for this league. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Um, my three bold predictions. Number one, Edmonton is going to win the North Division, and the reason oh, why they the oh. reason why I say that last season the Edmonton Oilers had the most points out of any Canadian team. Okay, okay. Different Number division though. I was a different division, but yeah, that being fine. said. I think Edmonton Oilers take first place in the North Division. Okay. Number two, the Kings make the playoffs. They're going to squeak in at number four. While giving Quentin Byfield, Alex Turcotte, and other kids playing time this, this season. I just okay. think the West, That's I, think, I think the West okay. is a weak a weak division. We can afford we can afford to play these younger kids, let them get some, 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 you know, growth and stuff like that. But since it's such a weak division, I still think they're going to take fourth. Um, so that's number two. Number three, this isn't really a, a I, I, it's a bold prediction. I guess I'll take it. Colorado Avalanche win the President's Trophy. And after they win the President's Trophy, they win the Stanley Cup this season. Oh, oh that is a bold, bold prediction. That is very bold. Yeah. I like it. They got better on defense. They're still just as stout. Um, still just as stout. Uh, one through four lines. Um, you know the you have. Um, this is Tanner. I mean, who? Who, who the fuck are yeah, you gonna say, bro? Uh, who the fuck are you gonna say, bro? I mean, the Ducks are shit. Absolute shit. He just has to talk shit about the Kings. We know. At of least course the Kings, he does. At least the Kings have actual forward lines, okay? Mm -hmm. So Colorado Avalanche, they're stout through their one through three lines as far as, like, centers go. You have um, Nathan McKinnon. You can even slot Gabriel Laniscog in there. Um, you also have Nazem Kadri. And then um, who's their 3C? Who's their uh, they have J, uh, JT Comfort. JT Conference, Ooh, great third, Comfort. great third, yes. line, great third line center. With so one all, year with the four and a half mil. All three of those lines, I think, mm -hmm. can put up pucks. You got better by acquiring Devon Taves on your back end. Mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. also have Bowen Ooh, Byron yeah, going to be true. cracking the lineup this season. The yeah. only question for me about uh, Colorado is their goaltending. I mean, mm. Pavel, Pavel Francos and Philip Grubauer have proven to be a pretty good one. They one, were pulled out for that playoff. Yep. <laughs> They've, been, they've proven to be a pretty good one-two. Whether or not they're going to be able to carry him all the way through, I'm not too sure. But with that being said, bold prediction, Colorado Avalanche win the President's Trophy and win the Stanley Cup this season. Well, I but, like it. I like it. Friends, and that's so. it for me, boys and girls. Go take care of the daughter.
Thanks, Bye, yeah, you have fun. Tell me we said hello. We're gonna play. We're you're... gonna play Among Us right now. Bye. Uh, okay. Bye. Well, you're gonna have there to go. Yeah, you have yeah, fun with that. Here are our bold predictions. Bye. For sure. Mamas, what's your bold prediction? That the Kings are gonna win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna hear first, folks. Bye. She doesn't know. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Oh shit! I almost ended the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. We'll not do that. Bye. 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 All right. Well, Zach got his speed run in. Uh, We're going to do the rest of the episode a little bit uh, different. I think we're going to kind of go in our normal carousel. um, uh, You know, the way we do it normally, Zach had to go. Um, But uh, now that we started, I I think we want to go – do we want to go bold predictions first or breakout candidates? Does it matter? Um, what do you I say, why don't we do breakout candidates and then go from there? Perfect. All right. All right. Uh, and then we'll go one each. Do we want to do mm-hmm. it that way? Yeah, I'm good right. with that. let's do it. All right. So, Again, Alex, disclaimer. We did a disclaimer the episode before. Oh, disclaimer. Please. We have never told anyone our breakout candidates, not yes. even each other. Yes. So because of that, we may have repeats. Yes. yes. There you go. Let's go. Disclaimer over. Disclaimer done. Okay. All right, Alex, um, let's start. My yeah, my first one is gonna be the the growing man, the myth, the legend, the man that uh, Alexander Ovechkin could not extinguish. It's gonna be Andre Svechnikov, uh, or sorry, Alex Svechnikov. Alex, no, Andre, 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 Andre. Andre you didn't write the first name, Andre. And well, also, his, I, that is my well, that is. He he has two brothers that also play. He has he yes, has he an Alex, that. and he has Yevgeny, who just got waived from the Red Wings. Anyways, unlike his now waived by a bottom team brother. Andrei Svechnikov has only gotten better and better and better each season. And only 20 years old. And only 20 years old, and he's already the top winger on an absolutely loaded – let me bring you guys back around on the screen – an absolutely loaded Hurricanes roster Mm -hmm. that has talent all throughout the top nine. Their decor is phenomenal. Their goaltending could be better, but whatever. When you're only 20 years old and you've put yourself into that polarizing of a position in a franchise that's that deep and that good – you're you're on a good start to bigger and better things. I think Svechnikov finishes top five in goals in the league in the short in season. Okay. I, I think okay. so. I think if Kaliev is not the spiritual successor to Ovechkin, then Svechnikov <laughs> definitely is going to be the spiritual successor to Ovechkin. I like it. I would I actually I completely agree with you. So Svechnikov was one of my picks as well for a breakout candidate. And he was nearly point per game last season. Yep. But now that's why I think he breaks out and becomes easily a point per game player. And if not top five in points in the NHL. The other thing I'd like to add is, you know, we look at other um, similar Russian players to him in the NHL, guys like Kucherov, guys like Tarasenko. He's built a lot more stout than they are, even though he's a similar size. It'll be easier for him to stay healthy and by extension, stay consistent throughout his career. Yeah, I agree completely. I like it. I like it. So that that was one of yours, Scott? Yeah, that was also one of mine. Yeah, go ahead, Daniel. All right. So one of mine um, is actually somebody we touched on last week. Um, I didn't. I think somebody else brought him up, but it was uh, Anthony Duclair, uh, left winger. Or the, uh, I, I just want to add that I feel like we've done Duclair every year for like the last three. I thought so. 
Maybe one of us did, but I thought I thought I did him last year, and I went and looked, and my bold prediction was not Anthony Duclair. So. I think I think Duclair might have been one of mine last season. Either way, he played well last season, so you weren't wrong. Um, the reason I chose Duclair, uh, the funny thing is I'm going to preface mine. All of mine ended up being left wingers. Okay. Don't know how. So but we're not going to overlap. Up. No. Yeah, we won't uh, overlap, so, which is good. Anthony Duclair, uh, signed by the Florida Panthers um, this season. Uh, so 2019-2020 stats, he had 23 goals, 17 assists, and uh, 16 minutes, 16 uh, seconds time on ice per game. Um, so Duclair is going to the up-and-coming Florida team uh, with much more firepower than Ottawa had. Um, I mean, still, 40 points in Ottawa on a shortened season. I, I I mean, I think yeah. that's the reason he gambled on himself. Um, he's been a player that we've all talked about for ever since we started this podcast. Uh, Prime for a breakout, but hasn't really had the chance, been moved so many times, uh, yeah. ends up on different teams. And I think this last season with Ottawa, he really got the chance to just play. And um, he, like I said, he ended up banking on himself, taking a one-year deal after rejecting a multi-year offer from Ottawa. Um, I mean, it's it's a very minimal contract for what we thought maybe Duclair was looking for after he rejected that initial offer. <coughs> and he projected a slot on the top line with Barkov and Vergehi, uh, according to the daily face-off uh, when I looked today. Um I mean, anybody on a line with Barkov, uh, especially when I'm predicting them to make the playoffs since G didn't oh, yeah. show up last, uh, last week, mm-hmm. um, I projected them to make the playoffs. And if he's going to be on a line with Barkov um, on a, a playoff a, a playoff team, um, I'm, I'm going to think he's going to have a, a pretty solid year. And I actually think he exceeds that 40 points even in a 53-game season. So that's my a lot, first. Breakout. A lot of people in the comments talking about that being a freezing cold take, but I'm going to side with you. I agree. Yeah, honestly, um, I, I agree with you. G, hold on, before before we go with that, G also <laughs> is trying to just give some kind of negative energy to the Florida Panthers because I think <laughs> he also thought they were going to be a playoff team like I did last season, and it didn't work out. He's just trying to reverse jinx it, and ah, okay. Just let it go, G. It's fine. They're an up-and-coming team. They'll be fine. You are not ready for my bold prediction, though. So um, I I already did one. My second one was Zach, which was going to be Gabe Velarde. So I'm just going to move on to my third. Go ahead. Uh, My my third pick is going to be Dylan Strome from the Chicago Blackhawks. Now let me me tell you why. So Dylan Strome has now been in the (laughs) NHL for a total of five, five. Hold on. I have it here. Yeah, five seasons, right? First three seasons, obviously, spent with the Arizona Coyotes. In his three seasons with the Coyotes, he te- in 48 games, in three seasons, he teed up 16 points. I did not know it was not, that low. And not only 16 points, but also a negative 21 rating. Ouch. Yes. However, first season he shows up in Chicago, 18-19, plays they stick him on the wing on that DeBrinket Kane line when DeBrinket was playing center. Yes. And he teed off 51 points in 58 games. 
He completely turned around his career. He, he had oh, 17 yeah. goals and 34 assists. This past season, he was being moved between the second and third line, and he still finished with a respectable 38 points in 58 games. So a 13-point drop-off, but considering that you're playing significantly less ice time. Yeah. So going into this season with Jonathan Taves out for an extended period of time, this is really Dylan Strom's turn to show that <laughs> he can be the number one center of Chicago once Taves' contract expires and that $10 million is off the books. That being said, he's going to be getting more power play minutes. He's going to be getting time on the PK because he's one of the best center. He is the best centerman on the team in terms of faceoff by, by the numbers. But when you're playing on a line with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane, you're capable of teeing up a 60-70 point season no matter who you are. When you add, <laughs> Very good point. When yeah, you I add a when you add a sizable center, a former third overall pick, sizable center, who is only 23 years old. I mean, he's the size of Byfield. He's, I, I think, 6'3", like 200 pounds. So he's he, he's a good-sized dude with some wicked hands and some really good playmaking ability. I think he gets back to that 51-point mark, if not higher. I, I really don't see him teeing up more than 20, 25 goals on that line, given that you have two polarizing goal scorers on either side. Mm-hmm. With Patrick Kane and Alex to bring it, but I don't think it's a stretch to say he could easily tee up a 45 assist, 50 assist season. I like it. Agree. Yeah, I, I agree completely. He was definitely one of my choices too. I, uh, I mean, well, he, he was wasn't one bounce, of my picks, but he was my bounce back candidate. So it's yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. See. Agree completely. So All right. Guys, you guys got or Scott? I believe you have two left, right? Yeah, I do have two left. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, my first too. one. I'll go with an easier one. I'm going to go with Igor Shosturkin. I love it. Actually, both of these are kind of easy. But, yeah, I'll say Shosturkin. Just because, as Zach's pointed out before, we have a really good Rangers team coming in. Zach would lose his mind because I also said that the Rangers are going to miss the playoffs. (laughs) But that being said, you have a a player last year who I think only played 12 games, but he was 10-2. and In those yeah. 12 games that he played with a 9-3-2 save percentage. To come out, this is why I think that he's a breakout candidate. Is just because he was so good last year, but just wasn't ready. He didn't get that starting position just yet. Now he's going to finally have full-time starting position, yeah. and I think he's going to completely go off. He's uh, he's he's going to hit 50, I think, 50 games this year. No, or, Well, not 50 because it's not, a like 48, 50. yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah. he'll hit at least 40 games this season. Yeah. Especially yeah. playing, playing it. That's fair because they have a lot of back-to-back. They'll probably be 40. Oh, true, yeah. Three this season, right? Is it yeah, 53 uh, 56, games? I believe. Or 56, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. But, um, so before I get into my next uh, hmm. candidate, I do want to hit what uh, G said. Uh, he said Huberto Barkov Duclair. I thought so too. Um, and if Huberto is on that line, that only solidifies my pick for Duclair. The yeah. problem is, is like I said, I, I just check daily faceoff, so it's they're usually pretty good. Um, but it's not 100% accurate yet. We'll find out when they actually play um, or when, you know, the coach announces the line. <laughs> if Hooper mm-hmm. on that line, oh, I, I mean, Duclair is an actual sure-in uh, for what I predicted. Um, mm-hmm. But for Gahey is who they threw on the line at daily face-off. I just want to make sure he okay. didn't think through this out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so my second breakout candidate here, uh, mm-hmm. I actually have Tomas Tatar. 
Uh, I love it. A breakout candidate at 28 years old? Yes. Hey. Okay. Breakout candidate, 2019-2020. He had 22 goals, 39 assists, uh, 16-18 of time on ice per game. Uh, So Tatar has been an interesting player to me as he has called a couple of dumpster fire teams home. Um, Oh, yeah. That is hard pass. Yes. He was on Detroit when they were completely rebuilding. Now he went to Montreal. Last season was kind of a surprise. Um, Montreal's really reshaped their team. I know most of – I'm pretty sure either two or three of us picked Montreal to make the playoffs this season uh, in that division. Um, And either way, they're going to be competing. I know I picked Montreal – not to make it because I picked some other teams uh, in that spot, mm-hmm. but they're still going to be competing for a spot. Uh, Tatar is projected to slot on the top line with Dano and um, uh, Gallagher. And the North division has three goalies. One of them is on Montreal. That's my, I mean, <laughs> my projection is that, that North division here is just, I said it last week. They have three goalies. One of them is Carey Price. Um, he's going to be on that top line. Donat is really proved to be, uh, uh, you know, doing well in, in that, you know, that one C spot for Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brennan Gallagher has been nothing but great for Montreal the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, two or three of us picked them to make the postseason. So, yeah. I think Tatar's got I'll, a shot to really I'll, break. I'll, I'll add one more team. just to I'll add one more just to piggyback. You guys know that I've been a Thomas Tatar fan for a very long time. Oh, yeah. I'm, Same I'm here. Yeah. Um, like Thomas, he's been in the league for ten seasons now. This will be his tenth season in the NHL. He has missed the twenty goal mark twice. Yeah, and that's due to in injury, his, I'm pretty sure. In, in his rookie season when he only played nine games, mm-hmm. and in his sophomore season when he only played eighteen games. Every season he has played a minimum of 50 games in this week. He has scored at least 20 goals. Last season with his 29 goals, or uh, sorry, in 2014-15, he had a 29-goal campaign, which has been his highest to date. But, I mean, you can't argue those numbers. So last season he was seven goals away from matching his career high that he set, what, eight years ago? He's yeah. he's like, yes, yes. Bring up that comment by Zach. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, hundred percent. Craig Smith to me has always been one of the most like quietly, com- quietly consistent players in the NHL. We talked about up until last season. Tars, he scored yep. Twenty mm-hmm. goals a season I for agree. Tatar. Tatar is, is, is a more, oh, yeah. more talented. Than Craig talented. Smith. Yeah, I agree. Because Craig Smith also played on the on the Predators, and the Predators were still a potential Cup contending team for five or six years. Tatar, like you said, has played for nothing but dumpster fires. And even when he went to Vegas, he just didn't fit the system for the. He was what, injured. He was, I mean, he was there for yeah, half the season. Yeah, yeah. Half the season was the last quarter of the season. But even when he came back from injury, he still looked flat because he didn't mesh in that lineup. But if yeah, you put the, to Tart, we said that as soon as he got traded there. Yeah, that it wasn't. There's yeah, there's very few players that I feel offer that kind of key consistency in a top six role in the NHL where you know that guy's going to get you 40 to 50 points a season. And those guys are Victor Arvidsson, Thomas Tatar, Jason Zucker, and Craig Smith. Tomas. I said Tomas and you said Thomas. 
I did not say Thomas. You did. Anyway, so those those four guys to me are the most reliable players in the league. And of those four, I would say he is the most talented. I agree. Not a far stretch. The the only thing that makes me want to argue it with you is that he is 30 years old, so it's a little late to break out. But then again, like we keep talking about with the NHL developing the way that it is, it's not hard to imagine that a player breaks out at 30. So, yeah. All right, Scott. I agree. Alex has already finished this, so you're yeah, done. So, my final one is a player I feel like we really haven't talked about at all. But it's a player I believe I drafted in fantasy, and that's Kyler Yamamoto. I like that pick a lot, too. Nice. And the main reason – so, first of all, let me bring up his stats from last season. Last season, in 27 games played, he had 11 goals and 15 assists for 26 points. He was and almost was a point a, per game as a rookie. And, and was already the, third best a, player on the, already the third best player on the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, and that's exactly my point. Well, I don't, I don't know if it was his. Yeah, it was. It was his rookie season. He only played seventeen games the game, uh, the season before. But yeah, on his rookie season, puts up twenty six points in twenty seven games played. And now there was an announcement that he's been practicing on the top power play line with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Mm-hmm. I read that, and so I'm just so excited to watch him play, and I'm don't so excited forget. to have him on fantasy. Don't forget, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll touch back on it later. But they now have a consistent power play quarterback on that number one PP unit, Tyson Berry. That's right. So yeah, we That's will talk fair. about that later. Actually, <laughs> I think I, we might have the same will, reason why. We'll yeah. see. Nice. Yeah. Uh, now they have Tyson Berry on their power play as well. So it, that power play is going to be stacked. We already saw the numbers that Leon Dreisaitl put up next to Connor McDavid. Now you have two of them oh, together yeah. with he Kyler didn't, Yamamoto. He didn't, he didn't put up production next to Connor McDavid. He crushed <laughs> Connor McDavid. Hold on, I got <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I do not condone the, way, the comments that are you were no. saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's allowed we to do We still that. do not con- – uh, for – Professional purposes, we do Wait, not. Is, not is, <laughs> yeah, we're really not. Is is RGM? Yeah, that's GM. That's why he lives in Ontario. There's a lot of Asian people in Vancouver. What are you talking about? No, he lives in Ontario, California. Oh, oh, he do. Yeah. Well, he's Asian, so yeah, it makes sense. It was either going to be that or Artesia. <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs> G will probably post a comment on that. <laughs> oh, he'll say that's laces. <laughs> that's what he always posts. Um, so my final, uh, my final uh, breakout candidate here. Some um, will say that this is biased. Others just don't realize and watch enough West Coast hockey. Um, my breakout candidate is actually Alex Ayafalo. L.A. Kings, left wing. Uh, okay, let's hear the argument. argument. All right, so 2019-2020 stats. He had 17 goals, 26 assists, 18.56 time on ice. Um, he's still on the top line with Kotar. Okay. Um, West Division got weaker. He has True. shown consistent improvement. 
sticking with Kopitar on the Kings' top line, and they are on the upswing. Most of us predicting the Kings to make the playoffs this season. <laughs> I didn't. So if you, I understand. I said most of us <laughs> I know. predicting the Kings to make the playoffs this season. Um, so just two, the fact that they sorry, Kings, sorry, sorry, Daniel. Two Kings breaking out is not too many Kings expected exactly, to break out. Yeah. Yeah. It could be six. Yeah, yeah, you better calm down there, buddy, because I picked a lot of Sabres last week, so calm your tits. Um, my last note here is very true. The Kings should compete for the playoffs because there's no complete, um, you know, four team that's a sure in for the playoffs. Oh, definitely not. Just the fact that they can compete, it will give additional drive to these players. We talked about it with Dowdy. You have a team that can actually and should make the playoffs this season because of the weak division, the consistency. They're done with the rebuild. They just need the young players to get in there. I have follow stuck on that first line with, with Kopitar, which is one of the top playmakers in the league. Um, whether you watch the Kings or not, you probably should watch more Kings games. If you don't think Kopitar is an elite playmaker, um, just being on that line and having a consistent uh, a, a consistent role there, plus the fact that the Kings are just going to be a better team this season with the fact that they can compete for a playoff role, I think that's going to give enough of a drive to give Ayafalo a breakout season, and you're not ready for the bold prediction later. Um, I will say this. I don't think Ayafalo sees an increase in point production as long as he plays on a line of Dustin Brown. This is not a knock on Dustin Brown. Their play style is too similar. They need a sniper on that right okay, wing yeah. if Ayafalo's production is going to increase. Because right now you got two bloodhounds that like to dig pucks out in the corners and play close to the net and then Kopitar. Yeah, you have not, two not. players who play the same style on his wing. I feel if Iafalo is going to take that next step in production, they have to have an opposite yet complementary piece on the right wing. But somebody, reason, somebody has to put pucks on net, and I just have two guys grinding in front of the net for pucks so, that never come. So the reason I also picked this as as a breakout candidate and kind of a surprise is because I actually think I follow is going to try to take that role. He's going to take more shots on net and not be because they know that Brown's going to be there on the right side and he's going to dig the putts, the pucks out of the corner. I think he's going to be the guy that now tries to take more shots on net because his shot is good. It is significantly more goals. I just feel that even though his shot is, we'll, we'll say just better than Dustin Brown's, I don't think he's, not a he's that. I know that. I don't think, yeah, he's not that type of player. That's no. not how he plays the game. That's not how he reads the game. That's not how he sees the game. You need a guy like Kaliev Sands two seasons from now when he develops a little bit that's going to be able to throw the puck on net from a little bit further out, generate rebounds and gen- and and generate chances like that, while Ayafalo grinds in front of the net and Kopitar quarterbacks the offense. So get this. What if Brown 
as a veteran decides he's going to take that role? First of all, and I've said this before, Dustin Brown is absolutely capable of taking that role. Yeah. If he completely changes his skating style, which yeah. at 33, 34 years old, I don't see happening. No. If he just throws the puck on net a little more like he did in his yeah, early to mid That's 20, all I mean, just throw it on That net. would be great. But we'll see. Um, we actually have a question in the comments yes. if you want to bring that up. Yeah, I'll put it up. Yep. For those that are not watching on the stream, so uh, Mr. Mavs, which is real gentleman from our league, uh, serious inquiry, what's our prediction on where Keith Landle, uh, Keith Yandel, Keith uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. He hates Keith Yandel. Uh, where he'll land uh, as far as a team, uh, Saravelli says he has fallen out of favor Though Yandel says he hasn't been asked to waive. So Scott 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 Sowis will tell you that Keith Yandel is gonna land right in his bed. I wish. <laughs> Boy, do I wish. But Keith Yandel is Scott Salas's favorite player. One of my I, favorite players for sure. I, I disagree strongly that Keith Yandel is going anywhere, only because who do you put with Aaron Eckblad that's as good as Keith Yandel? On that he's defense, still so good. I mean, he's who, not a great. Who is they've already said that they've. So he's actually basing this off of like real information. They've already said that no real rumors was real rumors. It, he was in the second group um, of defensemen mm-hmm. when they were doing the. Um, a lot of the teams did the uh, scrimmages uh, the yeah. other day, and he was in the second group of players that basically might not make the roster. He was fighting for a position on the Florida Panthers roster. I I don't know, man. Keith Yandel is such a dangerous offensive defenseman. He's such a good power play quarterback. It's hard to uh, – so me looking at it through the eyes of a general manager, it's so hard to replace a guy like that. Even if you had like – okay, for example, if we still had Jake Muzzin, right – but we had Bjorn fought in the in the wickets this season. Yeah. We can kind of justify moving on from Jake Muzzin because we have that air we have that air apparent and we know he's coming. We're just not sure if the development will take the turn that we wanted to this year, but it's coming. Who do you have in Florida that is Keith Yandel too? Nobody. Their defensive core is weak. They can't afford to give up a guy like that, especially because Aaron Eckblad is so good defensively. Well, his two-way game is good in general. He's a good offensive defenseman. But he's a better shutdown defenseman because he has someone like Keith Yandel that can facilitate the breakout and run the first power play unit. Without Keith Yandel, that defense is not as effective in the offensive zone as as they have been. He's not what he used to be, but at the same time, I think it's uh, – I think at the same time, like – this is a this is an interesting situation because I understand where uh, G's coming from because the Florida Panthers just haven't been what they were expected to be, but at the same time, I I agree with what you're saying. It's do you have that defenseman ready to step up into a role that Yandel is, you know, is consistently doing? So- like, they work together. I, I know they have some prospects coming. I know they have um, some guys they want to see play, but at the let same me, time, let me tell you, not what it used to be. Yep. 
but he's still an effective, effective defenseman, especially on the offensive. Uh, what? Okay, so let me let me tell you guys what their decor looks like. Also, Keith Yandel is still probably one of the best, one of the top five at the worst top ten offensive defensemen in the NHL, without a doubt. Um, maybe a cone. Their top okay. You want to talk about cones? Their top pair projection is Aaron Ekblad and Mackenzie Weger. Uh, I that's I don't I don't think that's a cone. Honestly, I'm, I think Weger, not a cone. Uh, but no, Weger. Their second pairing is Riley Stillman and Anton Strawman. Anton Strawman's a great a, a solid fine, but, yes, but he's he but he's a stay at home but he's a stay at home demon. And their yeah, third pairing that's is a good spot for Yandel. And and their third pairing is Gustav Forsling and pro yeah. MMA fighter Ratko Gudis. Gudis is all right. You can't. I don't know. Call that's him not that bad. For you a third pairing, I think Yandel over Stillman, but I don't know Stillman as much. I I mean, you cannot tell me that that Stillman, Forsling, and Gudis. I like are better than Keith Yandel. I don't think oh, no. Forsling's better than Yandel, but I think. Uh, Yandel fits where uh, was that Stillman? Yeah, uh, Stillman's at. I I don't know Stillman. I I mean, I'm pretty good about hockey. Just players in general. I've never heard of Stillman. Um, G just being a Florida Panthers uh, fan, maybe knows him a little bit better. But I think Yandel being there with um, uh. Uh, who did you say was his partner? Stillman's, Stillman and Strawman. Strawman, yeah. Being with Strawman, that's that's good because you have the offensive man and the defensive man there. Um, uh, I will say, I, I will add also going back to your point earlier about Huberto playing on the top pairing. That is not the case as Daily Faceoff is reporting. That's what so I said. Their top twelve is fucking filthy, fucking filthy. Uh, Verhage, Barkov, Duclair projected at number one. Uh, second line, Huberto, Alex Wenberg, who I totally forgot they got from Columbus, and Patrick yeah. Hornquist. Third line, Vinny Hinnestroza, Noel, uh, Noel Ashari, and, and, and Brett Connolly. Their fourth line is Frank Vitrano, uh, Etu Wusterainen, and Owen Tippett. They are ranked by daily faceoff as the number one fourth line in the NHL going into this season. Which honestly makes sense. I'm not going to lie. Over over the Islanders, which I'm I'm now very curious what the Islanders fourth line is ranked. You you have got to be fucking kidding me, Matt Martin, Zach Casey Zizekas, Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and Cal Quarterbuck ranked the number twenty sixth. That's thirty one. That is so in wrong. the NHL. That is you, the, they could not be that so is wrong. Freezing cold take. <laughs> that what is freezing cold take. I, wish I have the Islanders going to the playoffs, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. Zach actually, he is convinced that there is no one but on the Islanders besides their top line. I So, the he Islanders... Doesn't think, by the way, he doesn't think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. But he does think that the Islanders have the best fourth line in the NHL. Do you know who's ranked directly behind them? This is how sad this ranking is. The Kings are 27th with Matt Luff, Mike Amadio, and Trevor Moore. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. That makes How? zero sense. How? Also, hot take, uh, because Martin Furk is out with an injury, Daniel's going to get his wish. It's not going to be Martin Furk playing with Gabe Vardy. It'll be Austin Wagner, Adrian Kempe, and Gabe Vardy. 
Oh, by the way, to answer G's comment or question, uh, I'm too biased because I would say you don't get rid of Keith Yandel at all. But if he were to go to a team, probably the Senators. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they? Yes, they have the cap space for it. Yes, they could use another defenseman. But also Nashville. Maybe, yeah, I can see it. Also Nashville because they could really use an offensive top four, or a left-handed offensive defenseman to pair with Ryan Ellis since Yossi and uh, Eckholm dominate the top pairing. Daniel, you're back. Yes, I am. Yes. Okay, I have a freezing cold take from Daily Faceoff for you. Okay, okay. So the Florida Panthers' top uh, fourth line was ranked by Daily Faceoff the number one fourth line going into this season. <laughs> yeah. Over the New York Islanders. Okay. Now, here comes the freezing cold take. Would you like to guess out of 31 where the fourth line of Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and Cal Quarterbuck is ranked by Daily Faceoff? Are you fucking – hold on. I don't like where this is going. Um, I would say with that – uni- It is a unanimous decision on this podcast that that fourth line is is the best, if not top three, best fourth lines in the league, right? Yeah. Give me your ranking. Uh, you know, attitude, I'm going to go ahead Let me preface. What, what I was going to say, let me preface that the Kings, Michael Amadio, um, who was it, Trevor Moore, and uh, was it uh, – and Wagner are 27th. Oh, interesting. So where do you think the Islanders are rated? Well, just with that attitude, I'm going to guess it's in the at the 20s somewhere. Um, I'm hoping not worse than that. but The 26th worst fourth line in the NHL belongs to the New York Islanders. And that is a colder take than an Islanders arena full of screaming COVID-positive fans. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I agree with that. Freezing cold take. Sorry, I'm um, trying to get a picture of my beer here. With that being said, let's move on to our bold predictions. Oh, and then I said, uh, yes. Oh, sorry, go we ahead. actually responded to the question that G, that G made, and I said I'm too biased to answer, but I would have to say the Senators. I think if you were to go to another team, I think the Senators have the cap space. And I said, and I said Nashville. Okay. Ooh, he goes to Nashville. Well, that's what I was saying. Is that you have Matthias Eggholm and Roman Yossi. Well. It kind of doesn't make sense now that they have Dante Fabro, who's developing really well. So I, I oh, might yeah. take that. Down. Minnesota needs everything. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, if they, they don't need defense, them, if if they get rid of if they get rid of Yandel, yes, he's going to go to a bottom feeder team that has cap space. I have, I have a solution. A <laughs> I have a solution that will make everyone happy. Hmm. Straight trade. No. <laughs> Rasmus Ristolainen out of Buffalo for Keith Yandel. Matt, thoughts. Nobody... Matt, thoughts. Nobody Matt, wants Keith Yandel in Florida. Nobody wants Rasmus Ristolainen in Buffalo. <laughs> They're even players. Swap them. Well, Ristolainen is also a lot younger. Can you imagine a power play quarterback on the first pairing by Rasmus Dahlin? And on the second line by Keith Yandel. Ooh. See, that's yeah, a dirty that's one. The thing is, uh, 
Like, that's the thing is, I, I know a lot of us are biased with our teams. We try to be the most, you know, we try to put our bars to the side with, with a lot of our takes. But, yeah, see, Matt said the same thing. Risto's way younger. I agree. I, I think Risto Linen, he's just getting the unfair shake. I think he's perfectly fine there. I know they want more, but yeah, when you're looking at a Yandel that's, what, he's 30-plus, right? He's over 30. 31, I believe. 31, I believe. Okay. I mean, 30 plus, and you got Ristolina, which is way younger than that, uh, in He's the 34. same role. I'd rather have, yeah, I'd rather have the uh, the, the younger no, guy. That no, still no Matt, that w- Matt, that would not be the worst trade of all time. Do not forget that the LA Kings once traded Martin Jones for Milan Lucic. That Boston then won the entire trade and flipped for a first round pick. Yeah. So Boston <laughs> Boston shafted us on two ends there. Um, okay, moving on to bold predictions. What do we want to start with? Our teams or our players? Uh, let's start teams first. We'll go one each like normal. Okay. Oh, All sure. right. I can get a thirteen one, so that gives me time. Okay, so oh, can you I start actually with... start? Alex, wait. Yeah, you start that. You yeah, start let's start guy. with this yeah, one. Go for it. Because we, talked about, we were talking about Minnesota's defense. And so what, are we doing a player first or a team? Team first. Team first? Minnesota yeah. Wild will get at least 35 wins this season. That's bold. That's hell of a Out of 56. Out of 56, they get 35 wins. I'm calling your mom God, to hold take on, Hold on. I hey, want to hear the thought up. process on this one. So my thought process on this one is mainly it, it, it's going to go into another bold prediction I have, but it's mainly based off of Minnesota's defense. Okay. And so it's why I talked about like Minnesota, I don't think would need a guy like Keith Yandel. I think they need depth in their defense. We have Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter, Matt Dumba, Jonas Brodeen. I mean, besides, I mean, obviously you get like Carson Soucy and like you, you get down the line, and it, it, that's why I do think they need depth. They don't need a guy like Keith Yandel, but their defense last year was pretty locked down. They were a pretty shut down defensive team. I mean, that's the reason they ended up where they were, right? Exactly, and I mean, so I just feel like based off of their defense, but they all and- got, they also got rid of their goaltending though. Based off of their defense, and we will talk about my next bold prediction. Okay, okay. I always yes, okay. Okay. I think that Minnesota Wild somehow get 35 wins this season. Okay. All right. Um, Daniel, you want to go next or you want me to go? All right, I'll go my team. Okay. So we'll go, we're just gonna go Again. reverse order. Yeah, we'll just yeah. Okay. All right. So my team won here again. We're gonna have Matt comment about the Kings, but <laughs> I already said we. Most of us already said last week we think that the Kings are going to make the playoffs, except for Scott. Uh, I don't think going to the playoffs in the mm-hmm. fourth spot. So, I think that the or so sorry. This is a bold prediction. The Kings are not only going to have a playoff berth. But they are going to get there on the backs of a Selkie, Norris, and Cal- Calder Trophy winners. Scott's face does Hold on. It's a bold prediction. So, no, 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 no. Hold on. No, I get it. I get it. Let me explain. 
So I know <laughs> one of our predictions last week, as far as a breakout candidate, somebody had Drew Doughty. We all think that Doughty bounce is probably back. going to be back. back. Yes, he's going to be a bounce back candidate. And if you're on a team that most of us think are going to make the playoffs and you're going to bounce back and you're one of the top defensemen as far as transition game and actually playing defense, not just offensive standards, and you're mm-hmm. going to have a competent, uh, reliable, stay-at-home D-man there, um, I think Dowdy um, can end up being in the Norris talk. I know Zach, okay. that was something Zach said last week as far as a breakout candidate. He might be in the Norris race. Um, Selkie, I picked Andre to win the Selkie as far as our predictions last week. And Calder, I don't know who it's going to be. I I think that if... if <laughs> I said Turcotte, Turcotte for fun. Or, yes, you said Turcotte for fun. If Turcotte or Byfield get more than the games that will just, you know, we all think no, that Byfield's going to be saved on his, uh, you know, his year. Um, but I just think that the Kings will have a player, especially if they're in that contention, that is going to, uh, because that's what we're relying on. We're relying on the young players. It's going to be a guy that's going to be eligible to win the Calder Trophy. So I just think that, again, these are bold predictions as far as a team goes. I think the Kings are going to make the playoffs with a Selkie, Norris, and Calder Trophy winner. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Very bold. It's bold, Um, but it's in the realm of possibility. That's what we're trying to go for. My first team prediction. Uh, Daniel, I told you about this one before we recorded tonight. My first one is going to be... the Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators will choose to protect, protect goaltender Philip Gustafson for the Seattle expansion draft. I'll add on to it. The Nashville Predators will elect to reserve Pecorine as their goaltender. And you will see the opening night tandem in Seattle of UC Soros and Matt Murray. I, I agree with Matt Murray going to Seattle. No way UC Soros goes to Seattle. Bet. Bet. It's a bold prediction. It's a very bold prediction. That's what we're going for. I mean, yes. Matt, yes. Okay. Calder Trophy got a lot harder. Yes. Agreed. Mm. And then I don't understand a second comment. When there's the second, I want thoughts. Or does is he asking if if we can provide thoughts on the Calder race in general? Yeah, I think okay. so. I, think I agree. I think harder. I think this is going to be the hardest season we've seen in a long time to find a clear cut contender if we're not going solely based off points. Two Rangers who I are agree. potential favorites to win the Calder. And not only not only two Rangers. There are maybe four goalies. At least two, for sure. And that's Shesterkin right. and... Uh, and Samsonov. No, not Samson. Oh, Samsonov is... Samsonov, too. Samsonov's a candidate. Um, but what's his name? Oh, my God, I completely forgot. What team? Yeah, what team? I don't remember. Sorry. No, I, I completely have a brain fart here. I don't even remember. Right. There were talks about, like, a potential... Uh, another oh, potential in the Sorokin. Yes. Oh, yeah, Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin. Mm-hmm. Nothing but Russian-born goalies. Let's go. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. I mean, 
Okay. Yes, Matt, before we get into the rest of us, I agree. I think this, like Alex said, it's it's not a clear-cut call to race this season. Obviously, I mean, we all uh, most of us had McCarr last year. Yeah, Dylan Cousins. Um, definitely a candidate there, especially on the yeah. up-and-coming, uh, up-and-coming Sabres. I agree. Yeah. Again, like, uh, those are fair points. Uh, we are going to have you on for the Buffalo Sabres podcast. Um, again, these are kind of bold predictions that we're just coming up with based on, you know, uh, so, our own I'll, heart plus stats. I'll give um, you guys, a, I'll give you guys a list that I'm pulling directly from TSN of the top rookies to watch. And just based off this list, just the top 10, because some of the guys that we want on this list, like Velarde and some of those other guys aren't even on here. Yeah, not only Velarde not on here, on it, right? No, and Samsonov is not on here either. Uh, weird. Weird. Yeah. In in the Vegas odds, I know that he's he's one of the mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. last week so when he looked it up, yeah, Turcot was like fourth, I think, on the Well, and on top well, I think Velarde's still qualified. <laughs> no? I think so too. Yeah, he hasn't exceeded 25 goals, so Velarde would be another pick. Uh, I mean, games. I'm not gonna... games, yeah, games. Not... 25 I'm games, go... not goals. I'm going in order from from bottom contender to TSN's top contender. Liam Foodie from the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is kind of a stretch. Uh, Kapo Kakinen from Minnesota, another goalie. Bowen Byram in Colorado. Yeah. If, Ka- if Kale McCarr can do it, he can do it. Uh Grigory Denisenko from the Florida Panthers. Yeah, that was my Calder pick this season. Yeah, uh, so another Russian. Uh, Quentin Byfield. Okay, Russia pride. <laughs> T- Tim Stutzel. The red curtain is out. <laughs> the red curtain is out. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, Alexis Lafreniere, Kirill Kaprizov, another Russian, and Igor Shosturkin. That gives us, like, what, 14 or 15 quality Calder candidates right there? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I oh, think I'm doing cousins. Obviously, sorry about that. Yeah, Dylan <laughs> cousins, and you've got if I mean, I know Turcotte's what unfit to play this week, or he's going to be out for ten days. Um yeah. If Turcotte makes the roster, he's a valid candidate. Byfield, if he gets more than the seven games allotted, he's a candidate. Um, yeah. There's tons of fucking players that can actually. Oh, Kirby. Kirby, Kirby. I didn't, Kirby, I didn't, well, I didn't realize yeah, Kirby Brock played 64 Kirby games last season. Oh, yeah, he yeah. can't win, but at the same time, yeah. like, even if he could, like, this season. He's 19 he's years not old. Just let him compete. Yeah, but he's not going yeah. to be able to compete with his fucking yeah. broken wrist. He's probably going to be yeah. out for the whole. Oh, Den- okay. Well. That's what I asked you last week, G. I said, is Denisenko going to make the roster? If he's going to make the roster, that was my pick. That's who I picked for the Calder. And so, so I'm done already. Scott, who's your second pick? I got like 15 minutes left here, boy, so we got to power through this. Do you? Bit. Yeah. It's about almost All right, Power through it. Uh, the Dallas Stars missed the playoffs. Now, this was a bold prediction when I first came up with it. Uh, COVID cases are proving <laughs> that that might be a, a regular prediction. But um, a Stanley Cup finalist, <laughs> Dallas Stars, is a. I, I don't think they make the playoffs with the injuries to Sagan and uh, Jamie Ben. I, I just don't think they make the playoffs at all. Okay, injuries. That's fair. Dan, um, who's your So, I have. So the Toronto Maple Leafs 
finished the season with the Rocket Richard, like I, I projected, mm-hmm. with Austin Matthews, but they missed the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. just my oh. – I, I picked Toronto to actually win that North Division. Yes. My, my problem with this uh, is exactly what I said last week. There are three good goalies in that division. Toronto's is not one of them. I think a lot of those teams in that North, the Canada-only division, have really, really good offensive teams. True. And Toronto's yeah. defense <laughs> goal is not particularly elite. So, yeah, same I with mean, the defense. again, it's a bold prediction. I picked Toronto to make the playoffs and win that division. But uh, again, these are bold predictions. I think that out of the realm of possibilities, I think that all of the North Division teams can score on a pace that Toronto can. And they don't have one of the top three goaltenders in that division. So I, <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, Freddie Anderson is not an elite goaltender by any means. Okay. So, okay. who's next? Alex? Your last um, one. Okay. <clears throat> so, my next one. Um, so, the Winnipeg Jets obviously already in cap trouble. We all know that. Yes. Where are my notes for this here? So, the Winnipeg Jets next season will have to will have three major RFAs. They'll have Andrew Kopp, Neil Pionk, and obviously, as we've all been hearing, the rumor mill Patrick Wine. There's not enough money for Wine. As is, right? So just like the Jacob Truba situation, somebody has to go. The issue is, for whatever reason, yes, I know he's still consistent. Mm-hmm. They will not move on from Blake Wheeler. I like that. It is costing them quality prospects. They could have held Jacob Truba if they already had moved Blake Wheeler. They are going to lose not only Patrick Wine, but they will also lose Neil Pionk. That so they traded Truba for Pionk and won't even keep him. Yes. Oof. I have more. Okay. Not only do I think they will trade Line, I think the situation will get so desperate that they'll take an undervalued trade for Line, and none of those and none of the players they acquire will pan out to the to the star status that Line has the potential. I think whoever they swap Line to will abs- ten years from now will have murdered that trade. Please be away. <laughs> I mean, that is bold. I mean, I like I, it makes sense that they wouldn't get rid of Blake Wheeler because you know, I'll, I'll add I'll add one more one more comment here. Kevin <coughs> Shevoldev is one of the top three worst general managers in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you heard it here first. Yeah. All Maybe. Right. You may not have heard it here first. You may have heard it somewhere. My else, last bold prediction. First time Let's see. My last bold prediction. I believe on the back of Braden Holtby, this is, and I will count this as a team bold prediction. The Vancouver Canucks win the Jennings. Ooh, Ooh I like it. I like it a lot. My only concern would be his health and how well Thatcher Demko plays. I. Eh, I do not see that as a concern. I think if his health is bad, I think Thatcher Demko is perfectly He's capable. got it, yeah. 
And that's what I've seen how lately goalie tandems have been able to win the Jennings. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, that is a good one. So I do have a also bold prediction in the West Division. As much as people think that the Arizona Coyotes are going to compete for a playoff spot, me included, I think that they finish just above the Ducks <laughs> as the worst team in the division. I mean, honestly, like I, I, I can, can see also see that. Yeah. I can see. As much Not as complete. I put them to be in the playoffs, I could still potentially see that. Honestly, yeah. that's probably my weakest bold prediction, but I couldn't think of a better third one, so that's where I land. That's I mean, still not a bad one. Okay, my third. I have two jumping around in my head. So wait, sorry. wait, before you before you continue, yes. G. We got and, we got G <laughs> and fucking Matt. Arguing in uh, in chat about whose line is going to end up on. We got Huberto Barkov line A. Can't wait. And then Matt says Hall Eichel line A. Book it. <laughs> I love that. Just, that just happened around the same time they yeah. sent the message. So okay, my third bold prediction. I picked one. All Despite right. missing Nikita Kucherov and the fact that Steven Stamkos is the most unreliable star player in the NHL. The Lightning go back to the go back to the Stanley Cup final as the Eastern as the Eastern Conference representatives. I like it. That's a I bold prediction. Uh, they bold. have they have that's actually a bold prediction as they much have as we so, they have so much depth was the it, one that was mo, that was most okay with them being back as winning that division. Mhm. I mean, no. I still think that. So I was, I was gonna, I was gonna go with them winning the division. I'm like, no, let's take it one step further. Because if you look at that team, even though they have to move Cap out, they, they don't balance out trading Cap for quality. It's no. like they trade someone away, but then magically out of nowhere, somewhere in the prospect system is somebody who's already just as good as they are. Because their AHL team is still stacked too. Yeah, yeah. and I think. I think Anthony's crunch. I think I need thoughts on the Syracuse crunch. (laughs) Anthony Sorelli is one of the most underutilized centers in the league right now because even though he does a great job as a as a controlling energy line three C, he is absolutely capable of being a consistent two C in the NHL. I agree. So you so give it look. You have Kucherov out right. You have point to fill his point production. You need a t- you need a number one seat. Point is also that guy. So you have yes, three. That's my next jersey, by the way. Look, I want the third jersey. There are teams that win the Stanley Cup with one franchise player. The Lightning have five. You're not wrong, actually. You're they not have, wrong. You're really, you, not. you can absolutely build an entire Edmund, franchise. Victor Hedman, Point, Kucherov, Stamkos. Stamkos. Andre Vasilev. Vasilevsky. Yep. Oh, and Not hold to... on. You could throw even. Uh, you can even throw in. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the other defenseman that we wanted. Who? Come oh, on, Miko Sergachev. Oh, okay. Sergachev. Yeah, a franchise. Build around. It's a, but yeah, a guy to build around is what I consider a franchise. Potentially, but, yeah. You look at you their defense. 
I'm gonna pull up their lineup right now. Hold on, give me one second. I'm gonna pull up they're their They're not missing that much with I mean Kucherov is a complete game changer, oh, but yeah. so is yeah. Braden Point. So look, right now Braden they're projecting and Stamkos. Yes, right now right now they are projecting uh, uh, Steven Stamkos to be healthy, ready to start the season. Right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So here is your Lightning starting roster going into the season. Top yeah. line: Andre Palat, who has already proved that he can play first line minutes and still produce. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the most versatile playmakers in the league. Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. No, your, se- your second line is Alex Kalorn, Anthony Sorelli, and Matthew Joseph, who were electric really in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a really good they line. So well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Third line, probably my favorite third line in the NHL. Barkley Goudreau, Yanni Gord, and Blake Coleman. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree. Yes, Blake Coleman. Fourth line, Mitchell Goudreau. Stevens. Yep. Alexander Volkov, who's going to develop into a top six forward, mark my words, and okay, Russian, and back to back Stanley Cup winner Patrick Maroon. Yep, that's that's a really good fourth line. That gives the uh, right, yeah. fourth line. Here's that another one for line of run. Here's another one for you. Jan Ruda, Victor Hedman, top defensive pairing. Okay, you want your weaker D man to be anchored by your franchise D man. Perfect. Okay. Yep. Second line. Mikhail Sergachev and another potential potential franchise, if not elite caliber defenseman, K1 Foot. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. Third pairing potential, he said. Yeah. Third pairing Yeah. Yep. Cernak. Oh, Chernak is yeah, Chernak, Chernak is great. And McDonough. I don't know about you, but I don't really see That's the third pairing. <laughs> That's the third pairing. <laughs> That's so good. Yikes. Oh my God, McDonough is not really a concern for me on this roster. No, he's not. I mean, that's the thing is he's such a he's such a game changer, but you don't lose that much with Braden Point. Yeah, so your top six is Pawat, Point, Stamkos, Kalorn, Sorelli, Joseph, right? If if Kucherov were to slot back into the lineup tomorrow, right? They would run. Alex Kilorn, Braden Point, and Andre Pilat, because that, that line has always been that's, solid. Yeah, that's line and two. they would run and yeah. they would run Matthew Joseph, Steven Stamkos, and Nikita Kucherov up top. Done. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, uh I'm gonna go ahead and uh give Billions the props on being a Tampa Bay Lightning fan for this. Yeah, that team, that team is built to last. Fair. That pain against Columbus was worth it. Um, let's jump. Let's jump into our individual candidates, and I'll take yeah. off before you guys wrap it up here. Um, if you guys don't mind, I will lead off because I, I have. Go in the back and wrap it up. It's fine. I got. I got some biggies. Uh, hold on. I closed my tab to pull up their stats or to pull up their lineup. So let me just pop trash can. Let me just pop that back open real quick here. Where did I leave it? Hold on. Sorry about this. Okay, there we go. Okay, my first one. My first one. Alexander Ovechkin goes full Red Army, but not the way you'd think. Ovechkin is going to re-sign on a four-year cap-friendly deal with the Caps. 
I, and bet I on, have an idea about that. Yeah, I like it. And bet on himself to chase Wayne Gretzky's 894 goals. As I we like sit it. tonight, Ovechkin is only 189 goals away from being the top goal scorer in NHL history. And that he is. If anyone is going to score 200 goals in four years, it's going to be Alexander Ovechkin. I agree. I can see it. Yeah. Especially if they just like say, that. hey, Ovechkin just – it's fine. Just go sit on the fucking dot and just, I'll just start TFO, seeing you. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you yeah. do other than that. All right. My first my first bold prediction. Daniel, you said you like the idea of Minnesota, but you just didn't know with them getting rid of their goaltending. I think Cam Talbot comes back. I've said this before, and it, it completely uh, blew up in my face. I think Cam Talbot <laughs> comes back, and he actually gets not. – I'm not even going to say he's a finalist, but he gets votes for the Vesna. <laughs> he gets votes! <laughs> I think – this is legit my most bold prediction. I think he gets votes for the Vesna. I'm not – again, not saying finalist. I'm not saying winner or finalist. Just saying that he will get votes, so I think that means he'd be in like the That's top okay. five. Your, your prediction probably as bold as mine. Okay, but yeah, I, I think How with that defense, that? I, I think with that defense, he'd be in maybe like top six, and he'd get votes for the Vesna. Okay. All right, Daniel, let's hear yours. Hold on, I'm. Uh, We've all been waiting on my. I'm telling my wife why I just screamed. Yeah. <laughs> I said Scott bold prediction. Sorry, it's true. Okay, all right. I'll start with this one. This one is equally as you know, scream worthy. Okay. Um, he is really going to be livid on this one once he <laughs> okay, hears it if he's still here. So Sergey Bobrovsky proves that last season is an aberration and finishes in the top three in the Vesna voting. I like mine better. As a better. playoff full a playoff Florida team, I picked them to make the playoffs. I okay. think Bobrovsky so had a complete off season. Yes, top three. You know, it makes sense. I could see it. You had him as a bounce back, didn't you? Or one I of us told did. him. By the way, I told Gene not to hold his daughter while he listened to this podcast. So <laughs> it's his fault if he works. <laughs> Alex? Yes. Go oh, ahead. we're back already? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. My second one. Scott. <clears throat> What's up? We, ta- we talked about the Edmonton Oilers and Tyson Berry. Yes. Tyson Berry will come out in Edmonton and tee up 50 points of the Oilers re- this season and then re-sign at the end of the season on uh. a max contract for the most money he's ever made. I like it. You know what? I like cool. it because I will top. I will, you know, Hold on. This maybe the first time we have a similar. Is, 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 Matt, is, Matt, is Matt still watching? Is Matt still watching? <laughs> oh, wait. He said, what the fuck to mine? I'm guessing. So RGM says, bro, what the hell? I'll get more Vesna votes than Talbot. Didn't he win the Vesna in the first season of our league already? Yes. He, no, 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 no. He won the uh, Kunk 
Yes. Okay. So, as Matt mm-hmm. says, got my DN- I got my D and D book here. Okay. Book it. Okay. So I will it's say. Point season. Book it. I will. I will. You know, t- be on top of this with you here. I. This may be one of the first times that we've had similar bold predictions. Because I said that Tyson Berry would get top three in scoring as a defenseman. Wow. I think that he finishes the season top three in defenseman when it comes to scoring. So that's a bold prediction, but at the same time, we talked about how trash this division is with goaltenders. They only have to face three goalies that are Mm -hmm. any good. Not terrible when... Tyson and, is and he will be the attractive. number one power play unit defenseman. Yes. With you know, Mo, yeah, because, yeah. because of his bold predictions, I won't even say top three. He finishes number one in point production as a defenseman. Whoa. That's a big, bold prediction considering you have Kale McCarr out there. You have Kale McCarr. You have John Carlson still. Also, also considering that John Carlson was top ten in points in the league with pretty much just assists last season. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, actually. So I tried to remember <laughs> the fact that we have these interesting new divisions. divisions. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I will go with my next bold prediction here. Alex Iafalo. Will oh no! Here we go again. 30. Alex Iafalo will hit. The 30 goal mark and Kopi will hit the 90 point mark in a shortened season. You're telling you me, realize, hold on, pause. You're telling me Anze Kopitar is going to tee up 90 points in 56 games. Yes. He's going to play on a bubble <laughs> playoff team at a two point per game pace. <laughs> <laughs> Not two point, but like you no, know, it's one and a half points per game. It's like one point five. It's it's a one and a half points per game. One and a half points per game. Let me tell you something, okay? My it's still insane. There's- it's a <laughs> old prediction in the that, West that division. At that average, Hopatar did that over the course of a regular season. He would finish with one hundred and twenty-three points. Those yeah. are dry slide. It's, it's hold on, 1. hold on, hold on. Remember this. You have to remember this. Kopitar is playing only against the West Division. It's, it's a much weaker a division. Season. Yeah, it's a if much he, weaker division. Minus. If he had 82 games against this division, he would finish with about that point production. In my, are you, are you saying that Anze Kopitar? will put up 63 points this season on the Anaheim Ducks alone. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it's... Are you kidding me? <laughs> on the Ducks? Come on now. Let's go. It's not... I mean, I'm trying to be like... It, it's bold, it's, but it's not completely out of the realm. If you put 123 points up... Hold on. What did Kucherov put up? In a division where you're playing against everybody, yeah, true. That's what true. I'm saying. You're play. You, everybody needs to remember you're playing against only the Pacific Division. Only your Pacific, yeah. You're or, playing sorry, against only the West. the West Division. The Honda Division. You're playing. Hold on. Thirty games. You're playing against the. 
Coyote, well, okay, Kemper is pretty decent, but I think Kopitar can score there. You're playing against, um, let's see, uh, well, Vancouver is going to win. I, I still think no, that no, 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 no. Vancouver's not in the division. Oh, sorry, that's that's Northern. a North division. Yeah, um, sorry, Colorado still. I think yeah, even Louis, Colorado. Louis I think Bauer, yeah. yeah, I think he could score with St. Louis. I think he can score against. Uh, isn't Minnesota in our division too? For some reason, mm, no. are they? I don't think so. No, no. St. Louis no. is the farthest. Oh, yeah, the farthest. Uh, fuck. Arizona. Uh, Jesus. No, they are. They are in a division. That's what that's I thought. Right. Okay. Yeah, you got Minnesota. That's ten or uh, eight games. Um, you've got. Uh, you do have Robin Lehner and Mark Andre Fleury though, <laughs> that you have to play eight times. Yeah. Okay. And then who else? Just Grubauer. Oh, Grubauer. Yeah, Grubauer. Martin Jones. Hold on. Yeah, Martin Jones. Franchise goalie Martin Jones. By the way, I did not mention this. Uh, we didn't get to notes yet, but Martin Jones rated the second worst goaltender in the league by a panel of general managers. Remember and when it, they used to call him elite, and I was like, "No, this guy is Swiss cheese." There's, it's not. Martin Jones rated the second worst goalie Scott, in the league. Let me, uh, let me tell you something. Do you know? Do you remember when Martin Jones was rated elite? Yeah, when he was on the Kings. When he played in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, he had the good year, the two good years in San one, Jose. Yeah, he did have. They made one. it to the Cup he final. Had, no, he had one good year in San Jose. He had one, one good year, and then LA crushed their spirits, and then that was it. Okay, yeah. my third and final bold prediction for players. Third mm-hmm. and final. Okay. I got to go back to my notes because I told Dano I had like nine. <laughs> okay, let's see where we go. Okay, so I I'm, I agree with Janet. Not only do the Yotes miss the playoffs, uh huh. Not only does Oliver Ekman Larson say "Get me the fuck out of here" and wave his no trade clause completely to go literally anywhere else, uh, they will blow up the entire core of their roster and trade away. Anyone of worth that is not named Christian Dvorak or Clayton Keller. And they will trade everyone for biscuits. Phil Kessel, excuse me. Daniel? They will trade uh, Phil Kessel for biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> He's so like full 30, rebuild is what you're saying. Arizona switches is into full uh, rebuild mode. Not only does Arizona uh, should have went. Hold on, hold on. That's not that bold. They should have went in a full rebuild once they decided that Taylor Hall wasn't going to stick around and that was going to work yeah, out. Yeah, that was kind of. They should have just rebuilt it. I'll I'll actually piggyback because I have to go here and I'll give you a fourth one for free. Okay. So speaking of Taylor Hall, Taylor no, Hall. One. No. It's okay. No, we can okay. You, we can piggyback. Taylor Hall put up the biggest offensive performance of his entire career, eclipsing even his trophy his trophy winning season a couple years ago in New Jersey. But he will leave the Buffalo Sabers after the season in search of a consistent run at a Stanley Cup. Okay, so you think he still produces a ton of offense, but then he leaves? I so again the piggyback because you decided to do a fourth one. I think Taylor Hall finishes top five in point production in points nice. this season. 
All right. And with that, gentlemen, adieu. You guys, you you guys go ahead. Week. We'll finish off later. Have a good one, guys. See you. All right. All right. Me and Scott just finishing the show here. Yeah. Don't you have a final bold prediction? I do. What is your final one? Let's hear it. Oh, I was hoping Alex would stick around for this one. Oh, no. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Alexi Lafreniere will not finish in the top five of the Calder race. Okay. I get, I mean, so okay. let me give you my reasoning why. So Alexi it's Lafreniere, not out of the question though. It, like, it's not. I tried oh, to give ahead. bold predictions that were yeah. a little bold, but realistic. Not out of the realm. Yeah. Okay. They're realistic. Yeah, I get it. Lafreniere will not finish in the top five because that division is nasty. That is the most competitive division of this season. That East division is disgusting. You have Carter Hart. You've got um, – oh, shit, hold on. <laughs> now i got to think of the other teams. you got Vasilevsky. You've mm-hmm. got um, – uh, hold on, Philadelphia. you got Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Well, Shesterkin's on his team. Oh, wait, yeah, I'm um, stupid. What am I thinking? <laughs> you've got uh, Carolina, who's just a complete Peter defensive Mrazic, coordinator. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not Mrazic, you not even just Mrazic, you got to look at their defensive core. True. Um, then you have um, who knows? Pitt. Mackenzie Blackwood could come back for New Mackenzie Jersey. Mackenzie Blackwood's been decent he for New Jersey. Something. Yeah. If New Jersey, yeah, pans out with what they were supposed to pan out as, mm-hmm. um, if they get, you know, they still have Piku Subban. They have, uh, I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood's been good since he's been in the league. Um, you have Pittsburgh, who's still. I think they missed the playoffs. I don't think they have the most fantastic goaltending, but you also have Ilya Samsonov on the Washington and Samsonov. Yep. I I think that that division, I said it last week is the most competitive division this season. And I, that's why I think Lafreniere is going to, I don't think he's going to struggle, but I just think that a lot more rookies are going to have much better I mean, you have to think. Quinn Hughes is technically still a rookie this year. Really? I didn't. Yes. I thought he reached the he reached the max or the minimum games. I didn't. I know thought that. I thought he can win the Calder this year. No way! Really? I'm almost positive he can. I'm gonna look up his stats right now. Please, please do. I mean, even if he can't, I still think there's enough rookies in the whole league. Oh that, yeah, without a doubt that are going to play this season. Mm-hmm. I think that with how competitive that division is going to be, I don't think he's going to have the point production that people are expecting in his first season. Again, most people will take it as a slide at Lafreniere. It's not. He's... It's just a very, <laughs> it's a very tough division to play in when you're only playing those divisional uh, teams. And you have the North Division that is weak. You have the mm-hmm. West Division that is weak. And you have yeah, the Central true. Division that is – I mean, the Central Division is interesting, but I still They're think better. there's enough weak goalies yeah. that other players are going to 
outplay what Lafreniere is going to be able to do in this very first shortened season of mm-hmm. his career. You know what? That does make sense. I I, I I'm I wouldn't say <clears throat> I agree, but I could definitely see it happening, and it does make sense. There, the goaltending threats that are in that East Division are insane, and you know we've talked about the defensive threats that exist there, and it does make sense that a a player on the offense would struggle that hard, especially if they're a rookie. Yeah, that's <laughs> all. I mean, again, these are bold predictions. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be. I Very mean, true. they're supposed to be in the realm of possibility, but at the same time, they're not going to be like, "Oh my god, I completely agree with you, bro." It's like, yeah, no, I go with that my up. bold predictions are: if it happens, it's like, uh, "I told you all, fuck all of you." <laughs> this exactly. Was- yeah, I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. That's why mm-hmm. we like doing this. It's exactly. It's more of a dart throw. Hope this is going to happen. Well. Not all of them are. I hope this is gonna happen, but um, it, it's been nice that I've been able to have some bold predictions for team wise and individual wise yeah. for the Kings this this season. Because I didn't I, have any. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just I, you were one of the four of us that decided not to pick the Kings as a you know yeah. A I'm going to be a Kings naysayer this year so that when the Kings actually when if they do succeed I will be that much happier. It's it's fair. I mean, to be honest with you, as much as we're being very optimistic, um I I mean, to be honest with you, it's like I I'm not much of a homer. I try to be very especially on this podcast, I try to be very uh objective. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I, I don't see a team in the Western Division um, that is significantly better than us. Uh, most of the other teams that are um, vying for that fourth position don't have consistent goal scorers, consistent players. I mean, yeah. we're, if you told me last year that the Coyotes were not going to be in this, you know, like take that fourth spot in where we're at now, I would have disagreed wholeheartedly. But the oh, problem sure. is, is the Coyotes got rid of most of the players that were um, making us believe that they were going to make the playoffs. And OEL is just not happy there. He's he's really not happy. Oh, he he's, not, he's not. He he wanted to get traded. He just said that he didn't want to distract during the season. So once everything kicked off, he just wanted to cut off talks. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's happy. Exactly. And I, I mean, Clayton Keller is. I think Clayton Keller is awesome. But at the same, same time, it's like he can't do everything himself. I mean, he's not Sidney Crosby. I was going to say, I wouldn't say, like, Clayton Keller is by no means a generational talent. I would say it's even iffy right now whether or not he's the franchise. Yeah. yeah so I, it's, And when you're iffy on if he's the franchise, like, is he going to drag that team to the playoffs? And and that's why I yeah. think that's the only team that can compete <clears throat> with the Kings for that last spot. And I just don't think they have the players to do it. Okay. I think the Kings... And that's why I want to make sure people aren't thinking that I'd be biased. It's like, I just think the Kings already embrace the, hey, we're rebuilding. We're going to be shitty. 
Um, and even this season, if we were playing a normal 82-game season against our normal schedule, I think we would probably embrace the suck. And we would do exactly what we were thinking originally, that they were going to try to get draft picks. But now you're mm-hmm. going into a shortened season. You're going to um, a season where you're only playing the division that they put you in. And there's not a clear-cut fourth team to make it. And I just think the Kings are that team. I really do. I think we have the young players that um, – I, I think they have the young players that can actually produce the points and play the minutes that are going to get us to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Is that meaning we're going to be a Stanley Cup contender? No. But, I mean, at the same point, that doesn't always mean anything. We have the assets, oh, like, yeah, just like, um, uh, Jesus, uh, McClellan said, we've already reached our, um, we finished the rebuild. That doesn't mean yeah. we're, in a normal season, that doesn't mean we're competing for Stanley Cup. That means... We are done trying to get the assets and trading away talent for assets to make us a better team. We have those assets in the pipeline, and they just need to play now. They need to get the experience. Mm-hmm. And the players we have just are going to give us the edge, and they're just more talented than what's in the division that we have in front of us. Yeah, I, I agree. really think so. I mean, I, I, mean, I just that's where we're at i i still think the ducks are going to compete with us and as much as i hate the ducks this is a very again objective podcast we appreciate just hockey in general and Mm. we will not as much as we'll just bad mouth just for fun of the ducks because we are kings fans we will appreciate what they have because we try to be objective the the Ducks are going to be the team that's going to the, the Ducks and the Canucks are going to be the teams that are competing with us for years to come. They have the deep pipeline. Yes. They have the young players. They have the best prospects. Yeah, you'll be definitely see. Three, we are going to be the top three teams in this division, even yeah, after exactly. the whole West division. Once we return to the Pacific division. We are going to be the top three teams for the next probably 10 years. I'd say like six. Not but immediately. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. mean immediately, but I think within the next 10-year time frame, you're going to see the Canucks, the Ducks, and the Kings as those those teams that are at the top there because of the fact that they embrace the young youth um, they embraced the fact as you need those uh, young players to be thrusted into your lineup. You need the fast guys. You need the guys that can score, the playmakers. And they did it quicker than everybody else. I just think that that's where we're going to end up. And those are going to be the top three teams in the next couple of years for about eight to, uh, six to ten years, like you said. Oh, and here, I'll bring it out on the podcast. Give me a second. All right. All right, please do. All right, Scott's going to get something. Open All up right. The For those I'll, that I'll are watching, I'll show you guys the are... jersey. The amazing jersey that the, the reverse retro. I love the back. Right here. I need the reverse retro. That is like yeah. my favorite thing. The LA Kings 89. 
the Adidas logo on it. You gotta love it. To prove I that I am still a Kings fan, even though I'm a naysayer and a closeted Philly fan. <laughs> yes. Um, I still need to get one of those. I really want a you really do. It's so good. I want a I want a Kopitar one, of course. But yeah. um eventually when you put a name on it. I will not lie yeah. to you. Well, they're a little pricey when you get any of them with a name on it, and that's what yeah, I have. Exactly. But mm. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I'm not trying to be like biased at all. It's just if you look at it from even if you're just trying to be objective, like if you just take a step back, put your your allegiance aside, and you look at the original Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. You advance a year, like like I said, if if you're looking at the specific division as normal, um, I I again I don't think the Kings make the playoffs in our normal situation. No, because then you have Vancouver, Vegas, but honestly, like Vancouver, Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, right? I'd say would be like maybe one Calgary. of them. Calgary. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. So. You have you have Calgary. You've got. Um, you already have four teams that I, I and think one would probably get that wild card spot. Yeah, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying is now you move to a, a situation where you do have uh, guaranteed power. Edmonton, yeah. Calgary, and Vancouver are not in the division. So, but I mean, yeah. granted, you add St. Louis into the mix, but St. Louis was the only competitor in the Central Division that is now in our division so yeah you know. yeah that's what i'm saying we you take out three have, one we have three <laughs> teams that are assurance it's colorado it's Saint oh Louis, yeah sorry colorado too in the central well colorado's in our division normally no what do you mean they're in the central oh sorry yeah with dallas yeah. my bad anyways <laughs> mm-hmm. you you take a couple teams out with Calgary and Vancouver, and um, you've got Vegas, you've got um, Vegas, Colorado, and um, St. Louis that will make the playoffs. That fourth of it, uh, the fourth spot is just completely up for yeah, and up we, for and we always talked about that now. And Arizona, yeah, and Arizona was the team that we thought was there. And they mm-hmm. got rid of everybody. That's very true. I mean, that's just the the issue we run into. And I think that the Kings make it. And that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I still think that Arizona pulls it out. But at the same time, who knows? I really don't know how this Kings team with all of these younger players actually coming in is going to play. <laughs> so, It'll I mean, fun to watch. And who knows? We could end up like second in the division. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, COVID season, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's the thing. That's where we're at. Good thing is, hockey starts tomorrow. Yes. Yes. It does. Barring anything completely catastrophic, um, 116 straight days of scheduled hockey games, including uh, we did not even get to our notes, which is fine. The biggest thing is 
the mm. NHL announced that the outdoors at Lake yes. Tahoe event, which will have two games on February 20th and 21st, um, which is going to be completely awesome. I, I can't wait for that. Um, I saw the renderings of where the hockey rink is going to be. I don't know if you mm. saw it, Scott. I haven't. I actually haven't seen it. It's going to be next to the South Lake of Tahoe. It's literally going to be on the fucking uh, the beach, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, the beach of the lake. Mm-hmm. You can see the lake and all the mountains in the background. More hockey in the desert. Obviously, there's not going to be fans. I go not this way. What I would assume. That's why they can do something like this. They don't need to build. Uh, because any... it's outdoor, potentially you might you might see a limited capacity. <laughs> you might, but the thing is, is now they don't have to worry <laughs> about exp- like building this enormous, you know, uh, stanchion where there's a whole bunch of fans. You don't have to build this whole like ninety thousand capacity stadium because it's just not going to happen. True. You can you can have outdoor fans. I, what I'm saying is they can actually put it up on the lake because you don't have to worry about you know accommodating for that ridiculous yeah. amount of yeah. Yeah, fans. You're not trying to beat the the big house with 90,000 fans at, at this point where we're at, because mm-hmm. they're going to have it technically. I mean, it's next month. We're literally six weeks away from this Lake Tahoe event. And it's going to be awesome because the first two or the, the first game on the 20th is Vegas versus Colorado. That's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Philly and Boston coming over. Another for- really exciting one. <laughs> that's gonna be freaking fantastic. Awesome. Like mm-hmm. those are gonna be battles, and you're gonna have such a great, uh, a great background view. I mean, uh, I will send you the rendering. I was gonna pull it up if we talked about this earlier, but we mm-hmm. had some extreme situation with Zach having to drop off, Alex had to drop off. Yeah, um, but it's really cool. The idea is, I think the the rink is going to be literally like I don't know, fifty feet from the lake of Lake Tahoe on the south shore so you're gonna have the lake and the mountain oh i'm looking at the rendering right now wow that looks nice it's gonna be just like completely in the snow yeah that looks that's a really nice view yeah uh but awesome that was a huge announcement that they had oh Uh, yeah the biggest part is you're actually going to have (laughs) travel from uh, philly philly and boston are going to come over to the the west coast to play that series Mm mm-hmm I'm sure it's going to be private. Uh, yeah, private and I'm sure they'll. So it's going to be fine. They'll be um, in their own little bubble in hotels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It'll be it'll be perfectly fine. But we didn't get to the notes. There's not that much going on. There was some signings and extensions with players. We'll get to later. But yeah, running a little long, and it's just me and Scott. So with the very ending, I just want to make sure we get a beer of the week because we've only had one episode without it. Because very true, we did miss one. <laughs> um so i have this uh spencer for those watching i'm actually showing the can but um for those listening spencer's awkward hug is the name of the beer mm-hmm. this is a imperial milk stout with raspberry and vanilla so i've actually had this on tap at this brewery it's a local brewery here in santa mm-hmm. clarita um Probably it actually sounds favorite. like something I wouldn't mind, to be honest with you. 
It's it's not bad at all. Um, this is a nine point six percent by volume. Damn. Uh, so it is a nice beefy guy. Yeah. But, um, it's very flavorful. It's not boozy. Um, like you said, probably something you'd try. It it, it is more on the fruity side because it has raspberry vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost tastes like some kind of an ice cream, but um. That's what a lot of stouts do. And to be honest with you, I saw a post from a couple of my friends yesterday mm-hmm. that that's what they've been doing with Imperial Stouts. They just throw a drop of uh, vanilla ice cream right into it. And apparently it's fantastic. So we need float. to make sure I like it next time. Yeah. It's like a root beer float, but it's a beer float. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's fantastic. But <clears throat> I just need to make sure we do a rating scale. Hmm. What could be it? Let's see. How many? How many sick Dallas players out of 10? <laughs> oh, love it. Okay. <laughs> um, Considering that no matter if I go up to 10, it'll be less than the amount of Dallas players that are on the roster. It's very true. Um, <laughs> um, I will actually give this a nice 9.5 signal players. Um, okay. Yeah, this is uh, this is very good. It's um, like I said, I've actually had it on tap over at the brewery that was uh, right around the corner from my work. Okay. Um, here in Santa Clarita, but um, it's it. very smooth. It's very smooth. Packs a punch. And uh, absolutely delicious. I think you would like it, Scott. This is one of those I would. Now I can say that uh, you would you would like yeah, it, right? Whenever you want, I will. <laughs> I will be sure to do so. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's all we got this week. Yeah. Um, we start hockey tomorrow, guys. Yes, um, it's gonna be fantastic. Next week will be completely packed with NHL news. Mm-hmm. results just for those that haven't been following us for the last two years um we'll be recapping the games over the last week uh we'll be talking about all the notes that happen and i'm sure that'll be more than we ever expect because mm-hmm. we never know what's going to happen with uh this virus continuing to uh <laughs> completely flare up um yeah, and we will have Every week, we will have a goal of the week that will be the introduction of this podcast uh, over the off-season. Yeah, it's a little harder. Mm-hmm. yeah, over the off-season, is a little bit harder. I know a couple weeks ago, we had you know a goal that was uh, prefacing this uh, intro, but mm-hmm. now that we will actually have live goals happening, um, we will have uh, an introduction to this podcast, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, tune in next week. We'll be here Tuesdays going forward, probably around the same time, 8.30 Pacific. Um, that's all we got. Awesome. Uh, appreciate you guys stopping by. Um, nobody is watching now, but we did have um, multiple people right in our uh, viewing uh, capacity. And uh, love to see you guys stopping by. Yeah. The rest of you guys, appreciate you guys listening on the podcast. I will be uploading this 
and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, see you guys. That's all we got. Yeah. Bye. Bye.